I had good intentions, but they failed horribly. As often is the case with good intentions, um, yes. they pave the road to hell. I don't get it. I don't get it. No, we wrong. No, I love you. Love it. Hello, everyone. Hello. Sorry for the first thing everyone hears is me clearing my throat. Welcome to I Don't Get It, a podcast about performance in Edmonton, Alberta. My name is Paul. I'm Fonda. On last week's I Don't Get It, uh, I made a mistake uh, in talking about the Miles Zero Dance Show remix, uh, in which uh, different choreographers remix the uh, works of other different choreographers. I, I bungled the names. So the correct names are that... Thea Patterson remixed Rebecca Sadowski's Rain Dogs, and Sarah Stoker remixed Melanie Klotzel's Room. I Don't Get It regrets the error. And today we're going to talk about um, a whole bunch of stuff that I saw and and was involved in. <laughs> yes, yes. Fonda did a show this week. We're all very proud. Yeah, thanks, guys. I, I performed in something. That what, was, yeah. What did you perform in, Fonda? I performed in a show called Subarctic Improv, which Ooh. is uh, curated by Jen Mesh and Allison Balsetis. And uh, it's a, I think it's a monthly show that happens at uh, Spacio Performativo, Mile Zero Space. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's it's essentially a bunch of different multidisciplinary artists who have never met each other before. They throw them all in a room and uh, they improvise for a couple of hours. Great. Sounds great. Uh, you also saw something else. Yeah. So the main dance show that we saw this week was called Telemetry. Um, and it's by Shea Kubler's Radical System Art Dance Company. Um, oh, wait. Yes. Radical System Art. That's what I said, didn't it? Yeah. Okay. Great. Um, the show was titled Telemetry, as right. I said before. And um, do you know what telemetry is, Paul? Uh, I do not off the top of my head. Okay. So in the show notes, and I, I didn't know this either, so I had to read it. Um Telemetry is an automated communications process um, where measurements and other data are collected at remote or inaccessible points and transmitted to receiving equipment. So the cool part of the show was that they're taking this idea of telemetry and the telemeter um, and using the human body as the telemeter itself. So... Yeah, it ended up being like just a very technically complex um, and visually interesting show. Okay, so so how did that that play out? If they were trying to reflect that system through through using the human body and dance and and some technical elements, I assume. Yes, there was a lot of technical stuff going on with the show. In fact, they there was there was a rule that if you couldn't enter, if you couldn't get into the first eight to ten minutes of the dance show, you wouldn't have been allowed in because there was something some reason that they couldn't open the doors. And they essentially explained it when everyone was sitting down that it was that it would mess with the infrared light sensors. Um, so they were using a bunch of different um, infrared lighting techniques and um, uh, sound responsive lights um, or percussive uh, percussive per- percussion responsive lights. Um, and actually, on the advice of an audience member, um, very good advice, uh, we were directed to sit upstairs on the second level. Um, the, the show was at Festival Place, which um, if you haven't been there before, the, the stage is raised. So the audience sitting on the main floor, the stage is actually above them. The, the key to this show, though, was actually being able to see the floor of the stage from above. Um, you really got a better sense of what the 
amazing technical work that was going into the show looked like because you could actually see the lights respond to the dancers' bodies and movement so, in real time. So what did that look like, Fonda? What were some of those uh, those overlaps between sort of the human element of the show and the technical element of the show? So the stage setup was a circle. Um, it was a one big, large circle screen where most of the movement happened, and then it was it was surrounded um, in a bordered essentially by a wood circle where there was a tap dancer, Danny Nielsen, who who um, lived in that space. So he lived around the wood um, border of the of the stage, and of course tapped and did amazing, amazing work. Um, that was, I think, one of my favorite parts of the show was because you could really see Danny's work um, and, and of course, hear it, uh, which was, you know, I guess that's the coolest part about Tap is being able to hear <laughs> what's happening. I feel like every time uh, Tap comes up in a show, it's never what uh, often people seem to be uh, ready to, to think about when they think about contemporary dance or that. But everyone always seems super impressed and, and thrilled when there's a tap dancer in a show. Yeah, I, and I, 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 I really enjoy watching tap. And I, I think that it's, it, it's an interesting treat because you really you get to experience the movement in two ways. You get to hear it mm. um, and you get to see it. And tap dancers are so, I, I don't know, frankly, they're just like always really cool people because like, they're really relaxed and the rest of the body isn't as technically um, focused as the feet. And as, you know, someone who danced uh, many years ago, I always appreciate some good footwork. And tap is, that is what tap is. In any case, Danny Nielsen, total virtuoso, like amazing performance performance. Interestingly enough, I ran into my tap dance teacher in the lobby of this show. Huh. What a <laughs> small world. Yeah. Her name's Maureen Tigner. Haven't seen her in almost 20 years. And it was uh, it was like a, totally a throwback. Um, right. But she also really enjoyed the tap in this show, too. Anyway, so what, back to what the show looked like, mm-hmm. right? So the um, there's the around the stage there's the wood border for the tap dancer and inside that is essentially one big circle screen so that's where the light all played out um, and you did actually have to be on top of it to see it because it wasn't um, it wasn't an emitting light it was just light within that space so it didn't light the dancers when they okay. were you know moving around on it um the best the best way i can describe some of the infrared stuff was you know in like the old animated disney movies like fantasia and stuff when there's like people skating on a pond mm-hmm. um and you see that sort of like there's you know there's sort of like waves and paths that come out when they're you know when they leave the when they skate across it right, right? it's like a trail they leave yeah yeah they leave a little trail exactly so and that's pretty that's sort of what it looked like as the dancers would move across this sort this screen on the stage they they kind of they had this these paths of light that would follow them for just a few seconds so the interesting bit about dance being, you know, ephemeral, it's a movement, it's in the moment, and then it's gone, mm-hmm. it lasted just a little bit longer because you could see this remnant of light um, that would that would follow the dancers for just a few more seconds. Right, um, right. You have a bit more of a sense of the linger of, of that, that movement or that action. Yeah, and so the, the that kind of light around the dancers was very soft and sort of flowing. But then when... Nielsen was tapping around it sort of it it provided these like really sharp lines and like and there there were other projections that they were using too like sometimes there would be TV static or or thing like you know just sort of different um uh you know 
shapes and things, Rorsak ink blots kind mm-hmm. of stuff. Um, but yeah, the 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 sharpness and like the the really punctuating bits of the sounds of the tap dancer were were done in lines essentially um, across this across this screen. So so yeah, I'm I guess I would say and. Gonna pause. You're gonna have to cut that bit out. <laughs> um, one of the the other cool thing was that there were a series of strobe lights that were set up around this uh, big circle stage cool. area, um, and they were also responsive to the tap dancers' movements. Um, yeah, what else can I say about the show? Visually, like the lighting and stuff was amazing. So what what kind of Dance show was it like? What sort of category would this dance fall into? It sounds like you're you're describing a bunch of different kinds of movement, and how do those sort of unify into uh, a show? Um, the the dancers the dancers were a great company. They could really move. The uh, there was a lot of sort of hip hop style. I'd almost say kind of like some some bit of '90s breakdance stuff. There okay. was there was a lot of uh, floor work, um, sliding, some really big, great um, jumps and. I'd say almost a little bit of a martial arts feel sometimes too. But the thing about the movement was you couldn't really see much of it. Okay, so because of the the lighting generally outside of these little like bits or lines or or sort of effects of the dance, the the room itself wasn't that well particularly lit? Yeah, the the lighting, all of the lighting that was used, even the, like even the strobe lights, none of it actually illuminated what the dancers were doing. Hmm. Um so, you know, technically really cool stuff happening, but um yeah, I feel like there was there was so much of the dance that was like what exactly is happening because it was very fast. The movement was really quick, there and gone. Um, and yeah, I mean, when you're you're really just like watching a bunch of lighting tricks, um, and and when you can't see the dancers doing what they're doing, essentially. Right, right. You're only seeing those after effects or what they're those movements are triggering, and then sort of shadowy versions of those movements. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I mean, I, th- I and I feel that it and that was pretty consistent throughout. Actually, you could you could see a lot of what um, Danny Nielsen, the tapper, was doing because. I, he he was hit by a little bit more of those strobe lights, um, but yeah, the screen itself, so that you could really see the visual effects of these infrared lights. Um, the rest of the room was kept quite dark, so it so you know in that way, I was just like, well, like I do want, still want to see the dancers. It's still a dance show, right? Right, um, right, right. Which is an interesting balance, I guess, to find when you have like a, a very technically ambitious idea like like that. Um, where you're where you're showing these where you're pairing these movements with with these signatures and these lighting cues and these sort of sound cues, um, but then those have requirements of certain limits on the light in the room, which then limits other parts of the audience experience. Yeah, yeah, it, yeah. It, it it definitely provides like a very specific experience. Like you're supposed to be watching the lights in this show, guys. That's right. that's what they want you to do. It's telemetry. Um, yes, <laughs> watch the telemetry. Um, the other the one thing I will say that I recall about the movement that I really thought was interesting was. Um, when Shea Kubler came out at the end and he and Danny Nielsen had this sort of duet going on and um, they were kind of mirroring each other. So, you know, with tap, when you can hear the movement and stuff like that, you don't always appreciate sort of like the finer gestures and things that they're doing. Mm-hmm. But what um, Shea Kubler was doing behind Danny Nielsen essentially was 
um, exaggerating the movements that Danny was doing and really showing what they looked like as dance movements. Mm. Um, and then, so, you know, uh, Nielsen's more subtle kind of like shimmies and slides and stuff like that. Um, Shea Kubler would go in there and he'd make it into like a huge like sweeping jump. Um, so that looked really cool when they were doing those things together. Uh, that was uh, that was the kind of like what I gleaned most from the movie. And I was like, oh, yeah, that's like just a really big exaggerated pullback, um, which is a tap move uh, that makes like four sounds. And it's they're really hard to do. And I, he did. A, and he did a lot of them. I believe it. I believe it. <laughs> cool. Awesome. Yeah, cool. Anyway, um, yeah, so that was telemetry. Um, Very interesting company doing really interesting things. I hope we see them again. And I hope we see them uh, with some more lighting on the the movement. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. (laughs) Great. But speaking of lighting on the movement, um, let's light up. uh, No, I'm not going to do that transition. Uh, Let's talk about (laughs) Subarctic Improv and and the show you did. And uh, what was your, maybe let's start with, uh, who was involved in in your your piece in it, and and what was it like to uh, to be improvising, and what were you sort of bringing to the the table in that regard when everyone was bringing something? Yeah, so um, there were there were two musicians involved. Um, one was on percussion, and another was on an um, an instrument that I don't remember the name of, but it sounded wonderful. Um, reminded me of. Um, kind of like a, um, an Indian violin maybe not a sitar but you know it was a uh, it was it was played with a bow okay okay great uh, it was a string instrument played with a bow and had a really great sound oh it had 40 strings the thing oh thanks for oh that oh my Mike. god it was a beautiful instrument and he also was singing as well his name was Deepak um and I I don't recall his last name um and then the percussionist I remember his name was George Andres I think and Chelsea Boos was the visual artist she built sort of like a a great little mountain shrine in one area of the room and she had three projectors that she was working on throughout the piece and uh, the two dancers involved were Rebecca Sadowski and Tony Olivares and I think I had the most interaction with Rebecca Sadowski. Um, she had approached me a little bit earlier on and was like, "Well, what are you bringing to the to the thing?" And I was I was commissioned and or asked to be involved as the writer, as the the person supplying some text for the okay. show. Um, so I brought six short scenes essentially from uh, sort of like a family memoir that I'm working on. Cool. And uh, and Rebecca wanted to kind of play with that theme a little bit and so she brought in a box of beer bottles, empty beer bottles, uh, that uh, she used in, in her work throughout the piece um, which created a really interesting sound and atmosphere because she'd roll them across the stage and um, yeah, added added another layer of, of things that were happening to the whole, to the whole show. Great. So... Walk us through how it began. <laughs> Start us off with uh, where does a when there's so many people who are all there to sort of improvise and and feed off of what they're doing each other uh, and what they're seeing and what the audience energy is giving back. Uh, how does that how does that begin and how do you sort of find those moments to add text and maybe moments to pull back? Yeah, um, not having done anything like this before. Um, uh, I'm, you know, I'm as a as a writer, I'm not really improvisational in in my regular life. Um, so this was this was terrifying for me to do. Absolutely freaking terrifying, especially when Brian Webb sat down in the front freaking row. Great. <laughs> I was like, oh my god, he's gonna have to come and review my thing in this. Anyway, um, it started off with Chelsea Booth um, uh, leading the audience through a bit of a guided meditation. 
Cool. Um, and so then everyone was sort of like set in the room together. The musicians kind of keyed in and started up. And then I shared one of these scenes um, from from my stories. Uh, and then, you know, I kind of just sort of like faded into the back and observed the audience a bit, watched some of the dancers. Um, and then Tony Olivares came out in a large pig costume, <laughs> like a pig mascot costume. Great. Um, and just kind of like tormented the audience for a little bit. Um, the musicians were really key in actually sort of like keeping a good pace and sort of letting us, letting the rest of us know when to take over. Like, you know, when, when, I was we were we I had no idea what time it was or how many minutes were going by and it how was how long have I been here? Yeah, I was just how like, long have I been? When should I do the second story? When like you know, um, so it was, it was nerve wracking in a way. But as soon as I got through the first couple, it was just like, oh, this actually feels like it's turning into something. Like there was a path, um, and it was really great. The one. The one kind of funny part is that I, at one point, I brought myself all the way over to Chelsea's side of the stage and I sat at her little shrine um, that was that was just like this sort of like whimsical mountain thing. Um, and I could, for the life of me, left my, I like, couldn't figure out how to get to the other side of the stage again where I had left my last story. Okay. <laughs> so, but this beautiful moment where Rebecca lined up all of these beer bottles and then just started rolling them one by one across the floor and I was like, okay, I'm going to do it. I'm going to crawl across these bottles. And I did it and it was great. I was like, wow, I improvised. It was awesome. <laughs> you did it. You, I mean, you're improvising this conversation right now. I, You've yeah. been improvising your whole life. I, I guess I have. Yes, um, that's but, true. <laughs> but not in that performative way. Um, so what was the experience like of, of reading live and sort of seeing other artists feed off of what you were sort of adding to the room? I think, yeah, it was it was a really fun opportunity to share some of my own writing um, and see what the see what came out of the stories for other people. Um the pig costume worked particularly well, and I never would have thought about it. Um, of course, I never would have done it because a lot of it's 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 a weird family story, mostly about the transit hotel. We'll just throw that out there. Um, but the transit was in Packingtown, so this you know this idea in Vancouver. We're talking about Vancouver. No, the transit hotel is in Edmonton. Oh, these were different. This is a different family hotel. Go on. <laughs> Sorry, I apologize for interrupting. Okay, I've got like I've got hotel stories up up the wazoo. That's why I thought this was a different uh, city. So sorry, go on. So yep, transit hotel. Um, yeah, and the, but like it, you know, fittingly, the transit hotel was actually in Edmonton's old packing town. So this story about the you know, and then having a a pig mascot costume, um, just it were it ended up working really well, and I think that. Um, it got me out of thinking about the ideas in such a rigid way and the themes and things. It was it was a little bit lighter, a little bit more funny. Um, we kind of tried to make it a little bit sort of spooky and weird because it was Halloween. Sure, yeah. Um, yeah, and it just, it, it was a great experience. I think that, you know, I... I, I would try and do something like that again, but it was also just a neat way to get um, to get the out of my regular head of just sort of like being a festival producer. And whenever I'm in front of a microphone, I'm just thanking sponsors. Right, right. <laughs> so this was a really different and cool thing. Um, yeah, and it was just really, um, you know, if anyone has a chance to go see the next subarctic, um, I think that there, are, it's really interesting to just. You know, the audience has no idea what's going to happen and neither do the people on stage. Uh, and that's just a really special thing, I think. I mean, you do improv all the time. How do you how, does it ever feel like this sort of like magical, wonderful thing just happened? Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's all about these mistakes and these gifts that appear out of nowhere where two seconds ago in the back of your head, you were like, where is this 
going? Where are we going? And then something just, someone says something or does something in a slightly different way. And you go, oh, now we all know. Uh, But it's interesting to me because uh, the way I do improv is sort of theater improv. And so, uh, well, we do have a musician who's improvising with us. And I know how much that can change tone and affect things. Uh, To have sort of everyone from a different discipline being the group of improvisers together is a really interesting idea from my perspective of just like, oh, all these different disciplines are learning to talk as well because as as improvisers as theater improvisers we have a shared you know lingo and and words and terminology and sort of sense of things uh but from so many different disciplines it seems like such a different way of of meshing ideas together mm-hmm. yeah and it it seemed like it would be really really difficult actually at first it would, like you know i was actually talking to rebecca before the show and she's like i have no idea what's going on <laughs> right and and so you know that that of course lends to some fear um, but yeah, it just you know it ended up working really well. Um, it just meshed, and and you know feedback after the show was was good. Like I yeah I I thought that it worked really well. Um, so yeah, I'm but, but now I'm curious to go see more more of these sort of weird pairings. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and and how how do they work together? So yeah, yeah, it 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 opened my mind. I will. I, it opened my mind a lot. Great, like good art should do. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so um, it is a busy, busy time of the season coming up. Um, end of this week, we're, go- we're going into our listings, event listings now. Boom, we should have a, like a little like sound A little today. like radio sound, yeah, like a like, fun beep, beep, beep. SFX we can hit. <laughs> Something like that. Um, anyway, okay, so uh, Alberta Ballet's Dangerous Liaisons is this weekend. We're going to go see it. It's a remount of a show I think they st- they did eight eight years ago or so. Um, but what I'm excited to see is that uh, One Yellow Rabbit's... Uh, Denise Clark. Denise Clark is playing sort of like the main... One of the main roles in the show, it's the essentially like the mastermind who makes all the things happen. Ooh. Yeah, so that'll be cool. And then um, the very same weekend, uh, Joshua Beamish is uh, in the Brian Webb lineup. Uh, he's doing a piece called Lone Wolf okay. um, at the Tim Center. And then coming up later on, we have Convergence, uh, the Good Women Dance Collective's um, annual showcase. Uh, and that's going to be um, new works by Kate Stashko and... Megan Michalski. Great. And then uh, in the theater side of things, uh, kind of the theater side of things, uh, Theater Network season is opening with a, the old uh, Trout Puppet Company, uh, Puppet Workshop, coming to town with uh, their new show called The Jabberwocky, yeah. inspired by the, the Lewis Carroll tale of old. Yeah. I'm excited about that. I really always love seeing the old trouts there they're just visually very cool and also i'm gonna go see um i got the last ticket for the mile zero uh show called family dinner um and uh yeah there's only nine seatings per show they're doing two shows so i got the last one is there dinner involved there is dinner and there is wine and there is dance um and uh, yes i i'm super super curious about what's gonna happen there great all right so I guess that's that's pretty much it. Uh, we also, I guess, wanted to remind everyone that we have a Patreon. And if you want to be a patron of ours, you can visit Patreon and search I Don't Get It Dance, and we will be there. Cool ideas are coming down the pipe for what that means soon. Yeah, yeah it's great. Okay, well, thanks for um, letting me talk about all the things today, Paul. Yeah, and thanks for thanks for seeing and doing all this stuff this uh, this week, Fonda. It was busy. All right. Well, everyone, thank you for listening. Go watch some stuff. Bye. 
I Don't Get It is produced by Paul Blinov, Fonda Mithrush, and Andrew Paul. It was recorded at the Edmonton Community Foundation in beautiful Edmonton, Alberta, Canada. Our website is idontgetityeg.com. Our Twitter is at idontgetityeg. And you can subscribe to us on iTunes and support us through Patreon. Our theme music is Mountain Time by Ghibli. Check out more of Ghibli's music at ghibli.bandcamp.com. Sitting here 